0: Welcome back to the Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. Now, I I see you get excited about hymns when we talk about hymns it's and true. get all like himner him geekery nerdery. geeked out about that uh, but now we get to talk about science and we're i think we're getting nearly as equally uh, geeked out and excited about that because the <laughs> the gateway creation conference is happening here in st louis uh, coming up april 3rd and 4th joining us by phone this morning dr danny faulkner researcher author and speaker for answers in genesis and one of the speakers at the gateway creation conference dr faulkner thanks so much for being our guest today on the coffee oh, Hour. i'm very glad to be here I, this is I a science. privilege for us. We get to talk with an astronomer this morning. I'm so excited. That's pretty cool. Uh, so, what you're presenting on, uh, I think, three different presentations of the Gateway Creation Conference, is that right? yes so we're talking about um, design and astronomical what can we learn about design from the astronomical realm this is a fun question to start it your morning is a isn't fun it question.
1: <laughs> yeah well you know if, if, if the world has been created and i believe it, it has been then we would expect certain design features uh, put in there by our creator so i'll be sharing in my talk uh, some some design that i see in certain things the moon for instance has some very interesting properties uh, it's size, it's distance, uh, really works out well. So we get these spectacular and very rare total solar eclipses. And it's a, I've seen two of them. It's the most stunning thing I have ever experienced in my life. It's incredible. It's off the charts. Plus, there's some neat science we can do during these times and no other time. Um, also the, the, the size and the, uh, the unique orbit of the moon around the Earth. It has an orbit that no other uh, natural satellite of the solar system has. We have you know, a couple hundred moons, if you will, orbiting other planets. None of them have the kind of orbit that the, that our moon has. And they come together to stabilize the Earth's rotation axis. So you know, this is some of the stuff we'll be talking about with uh, the design of the moon. It, uh, it's pretty incredible stuff, I think.
0: So we get to talk about or you get to talk about we get to listen about the moon and the stars um and also uh, time uh, light light travel and time this one, I my brain I I couldn't <laughs> grasp it, so I just had to sum it up. <laughs> what will you be talking about yeah. in that session? Well, uh, I'll be
1: answering this age-old problem, one that I've you know puzzled over for decades, for, <laughs> and we still talk about quite a bit. Uh, we we believe the from biblical information that the world is only thousands of years old, not billions of years old. Mm-hmm. Yet we see very distant objects. We see. For instance, on an on a autumn night clear sky, I can I can make out the Andromeda galaxy with my naked eye, and it's an object that's two, two and a half million light years away from us. And that's just with my naked eye. With, with telescopes, we can see things much, much farther away than that. So if light does travel at the um, speed of light, as it were, we can measure that, about 186,282 miles per second. How can all that light get here in just thousands of years? Wouldn't it require millions of years? And so I attempt to answer that, that that question. We have several solutions of of um, the creation scientists have offered for this light travel time problem and of course I have my own (laughs) that I want to tell people about But uh, I need to kind of build that up and and share some information uh, getting into it for instance Adam had a light travel time problem he was made on day six but the stars were made on day four you know we kind of concentrate on our little problem today worrying about uh, how can we get light from the most distant parts of the universe but Adam would have had difficulty seeing things from the closest things in the universe we don't think about that too much do we so if we can solve his problem then we can probably solve our problem too so i'll be spending you know better part of an hour uh, flushing that in and talking about it in much much more detail
0: I, my brain hurts my I, <laughs> I oh man i just i just want to listen to you talk about this more um well this this may be a silly question will you be explaining the um the the, the background of all of these things in a level <laughs> uh oh yeah
1: I mean, we only have a few minutes here on the air to talk about sure. three different subjects, <laughs> oh, <of course. laughs> and I'll have a better part of an hour to discuss each one of those. I'll have PowerPoint, uh, so I'll have pretty pictures and such, and uh, plus Q&A. So uh, we will be able to do a lot, lot more. At this conference, then we're able to do in a short interview here on the on the radio.
0: Of course, and we don't have pictures, sadly. because, no, no, you know, radio. No, this is not television. So, <laughs> so true. Uh, so, so the third session is uh, creation and cosmology. What is cosmology?
1: Okay, cosmology is the study of the structure of the universe. It comes from two Greek words: cosmos, meaning world, mm-hmm. that's the big picture, and logos, literally meaning the word, but we've kind of generalized that to study of. And it has many different connotations. For instance, the idea that the Earth uh, rotates on its axis and orbits the Sun—we call that the heliocentric theory. That's a cosmology. You know, if you want to believe that the, everything else goes around us, it's a geocentric theory. That's that's a cosmology too. But um, today, we generally think of cosmology being the huge picture, how the entire universe kind of fits together. I mentioned other galaxies a few moments ago, mm-hmm. and we do see other galaxies, billions of them, in fact, each containing hundreds of billions of stars, and they're arranged out there in space. So people want to know, well, what is that structure? How is it put together? And that's generally how that's that's referred to today. Now, the Bible doesn't tell us a lot about cosmology. It's um, pretty straightforward. It says God made everything in six days. He made the Earth early on, and then he made the stars on day four, and beyond that, we don't get a lot, a lot of detail, so it's the job of people like me to try to flesh that in for people. And I'm very bullish on the uh, approach that we can uh, we can really search out and, and consider very many different types of cosmologies uh, as long as they are grounded in Scripture. We come back and say, well, does this contradict Scripture? If it does not, since the Bible is so open-ended on cosmology, then I think we're free to, to uh, explore different possibilities, always coming back to that, uh, uh, to the touchstone of Scripture. Uh, one key thing I did leave out just a moment ago was the, uh, the fact that God made this thing on day two. In the King James, it's called the firmament. In the more modern translations, it's called expanse. I like to use the Hebrew word. It's rachia, and the rachia is uh, something that's been stretched out or spread out. And the purpose on day two was to separate waters above and waters below. And uh, then he places the stars, the lights, the firmament, the, the lights of the, of the heavens, the sun, the moon, the stars, in this thing on on day four. So in my presentation, it will be longer than our brief time here. <laughs> I will be expounding what I what I think the the proper cosmology is. I've had my own mind changed about this over the past five or six years. I went for decades thinking one thing, and then I had a reevaluation a few years ago. And it kind of changed my thinking, completely rocked my world. So I've got some rather rather bold and, and radical things to share with people that I didn't believe five or ten years ago. So there is a way to change these things. So and- – it, my way, also, we, we sometimes uh, confuse what properly is cosmogony for cosmology. Cosmogony is the history and origin of the world, and the Bible does spend a good deal of time about that, actually. We know more about the cosmogony than the cosmology. I just shared that with you, that God made the expanse on day two, and he made the, the uh, heavenly bodies on day four. That's a cosmogony coming through there. And the standard cosmogony today, oftentimes called, called cosmology, is... Um, the Big Bang, and I will critique that a little bit in my talk. But I really want to go positively about what I, what I want to talk about.
0: On my list of learn new words for the week, right. check, <laughs> check. <laughs> All right. So, you mentioned we have uh, yeah. about five minutes left here, mm-hmm. four minutes really. Uh, you mentioned earlier that there are various cosmologies there are various types of 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 cosmology and some uh, maybe being more worldly what are some common things that that we might what's common in a worldly cosmology versus a more biblical worldview or a biblical cosmology
1: Well, in the case of, um, again, the the cosmogony, unfortunately, gets kind of blurred with the cosmology. Uh, Most uh, astronomers and cosmologists today think the universe is infinite, or if it's not, then it's probably closed back on itself with no edge to it. And I've come to the conclusion, based on how I understand scripture, that the universe probably does have an edge to it, a a boundary to it, as it were. Uh, That's anathema to most astronomers, including myself, for many years. And I, I I think that we're probably somewhere near the center of of the universe. Don't have to be exactly at the center, but somewhere close. And that too is anathema. Astronomers and cosmologists generally think that if the universe has a center, we're nowhere near it. Uh, it would be very strange for them to realize one day, "Hey, we really are close to the center of everything." That would that would be a philosophical and theological revolution. It would seem. That's those are two huge differences that I can see right now. I'm.
0: I'm just thinking about the edge of the universe yeah. right now. That's,
1: it blows my you mind a little bit. Don't think about it too hard. It will hurt your head. I, <laughs> I can't get my head wrapped around it either. It's really, really tough stuff. And it, it took me 30, 40 years to get to this point. It, I didn't go to it easily. I didn't get to it easily.
0: It sounds like a good name for a podcast.
1: The edge
0: of the universe. Let's do it. Science and theology. It's a spin-off from the coffee hour with yes. Dr. Danny Faulkner in the we? coffee hour. That would be really fun.
1: <laughs> what are you looking? Like Douglas yes. Adams in the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy kind of used that for the uh, second book in this trilogy, oh. The uh, Restaurant at the End of the Universe. Uh-huh. Uh,
0: so. <laughs> there we go. Dr. Faulkner, what are you looking forward to most uh, at the uh, the Gateway Creation Conference?
1: Oh boy! I'm. uh, I know people there. I've spoken in in the area before, and I'm looking forward to renewing those friendships. I hope we have a great turnout. Uh, I I really like the interaction with people and the Q and A. You know, because as you said before, you don't get to meet an astronomer every day, and so Mm -hmm. I understand that. And I have you know some answers to some questions, not many of them, but some questions people have. So I just love that that interaction with people.
0: It's coming up, uh, the, the Gateway Creation Conference coming up April 3rd and 4th here in St. Louis. It'll be held at the Rock Church of St. Louis at their Baldwin campus. That's on Manchester Road, Baldwin, Missouri. And admission is $20 for adults, $10 for kids. Uh, kids 5 and under can attend for free. And you can find information registration information at CreationConf. That's creationzonf dot com. There's information. We'll share the link in our program notes yeah. as well. And uh, three presentations, Dr. Faulkner, other presence, uh, presentations as well, uh, happening all in what two days' time, right here in St. Louis. Uh, and uh, with just a, about a minute left, Dr. Faulkner, can you tell us a little bit about your work at Answers in Genesis?
1: Sure, I've been here seven years. Uh, I do work in stellar astronomy. I, I write uh, books and articles. I just turned one in today for review inside, uh, and um, for our magazine, for our research journal online, and for our, our web articles. And um, do some speaking here and on the road. But mostly, I'm a researcher, and I do continue to do astronomical research uh, in conventional astronomy, on eclipsing binary stars. Got a trip coming up soon for that. And um, also we have a planetarium here at the uh, Creation Museum we work with and also an observatory. We have programs there as well. So I stay busy. Uh, now I have been... more questions. <laughs> it's
0: not every day we have a guest that says I'm doing astronomical research. So thank and you so much, first. Dr. Faulkner, mm-hmm. for being our guest on the Coffee Hour. A delight to talk with you again. Creationconf.com is where you can find more information about the Creation Conference, the Gateway Creation Conference, coming up April 3rd and 4th. Thank you so much, Dr. Faulkner, for being our guest on the Coffee Hour today.
1: You're very welcome.
0: Coming up tomorrow... We get to uh, check in with the uh, Crosswise Institute. We're going to learn mm-hmm. more about the Crosswise Institute taking place at Concordia University, Irvine this summer. Uh, it's Another thing I want to go to. Yeah, It's another one of those things that really challenges your brain, but um, mm-hmm. you're, not, you're not eligible I because know. it's for high school students. So, so high school students, listen up. <laughs> that's right. We talked with Dr. Joel Esch about that. And also, are you, are you setting goals? Uh, get to a chance to talk with, uh, with Dr. Bernard Bull about that as well. Thanks for listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth.